Greetings, people loved by God. Welcome to worship on this, the 24th Sunday after Pentecost. For our friends who are worshiping online or on the radio, just a reminder that you can always go to our website, which is chapelofthecross.org, and there on that website, uh, click on the resources tab, and there you will find um, you'll find the bulletin for the service so you can follow along. There's also options for giving your offering to the Lord under the Give tab. Got a few announcements to share with you before we start worship this morning. This upcoming Tuesday, November 14th from 2 to 4 p.m., there will be a special grief share event called Surviving the Holidays. That is an opportunity for you to receive support as perhaps you might mourn the death of a loved one, especially during the holiday time that's coming up. Uh, you're invited to come to that special grief share meeting. There's more information in your chapel weekly and there's a sign-up sheet if you can come at the Welcome Center. Our fall senior and homebound worship service and lunch will take place on Monday, November 20th. Worship starts here in the sanctuary at 11 a.m., and lunch follows down in the gym. Everybody is invited to attend that worship service and lunch, so it's, you don't have to be homebound or a senior to come, uh, but everybody's invited. But we would like to know if you are coming so we can prepare adequately for the food for the day. So um, uh, there is a sign-up sheet at the Welcome Center that we ask you to sign if you can come. Uh, if you can volunteer that day, that would be helpful as well and appreciated. There is also a sign-up for that at the, at, the, uh, at the Welcome Center. So more information about that, too, is in your Chapel Weekly. Please put on your calendar the date and the time uh, for our annual congregational voters meeting. That will take place on Monday, December 4th at 6.30 p.m. So please mark that down and plan to attend that annual voters meeting. Uh, all members of Chapel of the Cross are invited and encouraged to attend. Again, December 4th, 6.30. The Chapel Life team is excited to, to uh, announce an art fair with the theme, Choose Life, for God is your life and length of days. And that's based on Deuteronomy 30, verses 19 to 20. Submissions are open to all ages, and we would love to see all kinds of different stages of life represented in the artwork from, from embryo to old age. Uh, please consider submitting a drawing, a painting, a sculpture, any kind of artwork uh, uh, centered around that pro-life theme. If you'd like to participate, uh, you can... Uh, you can register a couple different ways. Uh, one, you can do, through, do that through our website, or you can also do it through the paper form that is in the Welcome Center, but we ask you to do that by December 3rd, uh, to register by the 3rd. The deadline to turn in the artwork is, is Sunday, January 7th, so not for a while, so you have some time to work on that. But uh, we will display all the art in our Life Library on the weekend of Life Sunday. Uh, so, so that weekend is January 20th and 21st. And we do look forward to seeing the creativity of chapel members and, and chapel friends for that. One of, our more, uh, um, uh, one of our important ministries here at chapel that, that needs your support is the radio ministry. As you might remember, our worship service is broadcast on KFUO AM 850 on Sunday afternoons at 4 p.m. Uh, you may support that powerful outreach tool by sponsoring one or more broadcasts. That sign-up sheet is located next to the elevator in the Commons area. Uh, so if, if you can, you can sign up there to sponsor a radio broadcast on KFUO. The cost is $75 to sponsor a Sunday service on the radio. So we thank you in advance if you are able to do that, uh, to be part of that special and important ministry. And uh, a big thank you to you for your continued giving toward the $111 for, for Missions Fund. So just a reminder, that's that special giving receptacle that you see as you come into church there. The idea for that is that everybody would give $1 uh, per week for each person in your family. So that's the, the reason for the, uh, what we call that 111. We have been receiving those dollar for missions for a few years now, and, and literally thousands of dollars have been collected over that time in that little box back there. It's kind of special to know that. And those dollars are then split between the mission emphases of our English district and the mission emphases of Chapel of the Cross. So our mission emphases, Chapel's mission emphases, perhaps you're familiar with that. Uh, those are listed on the back of your bulletin each week. The English district missions uh, receiving the $111, perhaps you're not familiar with those, so I'd like to share that with you. This past year, uh, those, those, mission, those missions are Logos Lutheran Mission in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Ukraine. 
Uh, next year, the funds will be shared with the campus ministry at Eastern Washington University in Cheney, Washington, and the South Sudanese ministry locate, located at St. Mark Lutheran Church in Mississauga, Ontario. So those are where your, your gifts for, uh, uh, for those 111 mission dollars are going. And so we thank you very much for your continued giving for, for Dollar for Missions. It's really amazing to see how just a little bit can go a long way as we work together. Our elder for the week this weekend is Jonathan Bellman. John is standing in the back there in the corner. He's going to greet you at the back door as you leave today. Get to know John as one of your elders here at Chapel of the Cross. God's blessings to you as we worship today together. We stand and share the peace of our Lord with one another, after which we will sing our opening hymn. Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed are they whose sin the Lord account against them. Let us confess our sins to the Lord. Mighty and merciful Father, we have strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed what we have devised and desired in our hearts. We have offended you and sinned against your holy law. We have done these things that we should have not done. Have mercy on these things that we should have done. Have mercy on us, Lord. Spare us, forgive us, and restore us according to your promise in Christ Jesus. God, our merciful Father, has forgiven all our sins. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to be our redeemer and savior. Jesus paid the penalty for our guilt by his death on the cross and freed us from death by his resurrection from the grave. We have peace with God now and forever. Amen. <laughs>
The Old Testament reading is from the fifth chapter of Amos. Woe to you who long for the day of the Lord. Why do you long for the day of the Lord? That day will be darkness, not light. It will be as though a man had fled from a lion only to meet a bear, as though he enters his house and rests his hand on the wall only to have a snake bite him. Will not the day of the Lord be darkness, not light? Pitch dark, without a ray of brightness. I hate, I despise your religious feasts. I cannot stand your assemblies. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps, but let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. We read responsibly the psalm of the day. Hasten, O God, to save me, O Lord. Come quickly to help me. May those who seek my life be put to shame and confusion. May all who desire my ruin be turned back in disgrace. May those who say to me, aha, aha, turn back because of their shame. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation always say, let God be exalted. Yet I am poor and needy. Come quickly to me, O God. You are my help and my deliverer. O Lord, do not delay. The epistle is from the fourth chapter of First Thessalonians. Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own words, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are, still, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. Please stand for the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. 
The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil and jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the doors were shut. Later the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated.
Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Good job, by the way. But this is not Easter Sunday, is it? Yeah. Now, if you look, at, you look at your bulletin, it says uh, 24th Sunday after Pentecost. I mean, we're not even close to Easter. So how can we say, hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Well, first of all, do you know why we worship on Sunday? You know, back, back at the time of Jesus, they didn't worship on Sunday. You know, Saturday was the Sabbath day. So Saturday was the day of worship. But that all changed when the resurrection happened. The early Christians, they said they needed to celebrate this incredible good news every single week. So every Sunday is a little Easter. And so it's right, and it's proper, and it's good, and it's absolutely appropriate to shout out, Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. But secondly, those words share the truth and the joy and the heart of our faith. That Christ Jesus came to this world as a little baby in Bethlehem. And he lived for his people, preaching and teaching and sharing about the kingdom of heaven. He died on a Roman cross, taking our sin upon himself, loving and giving grace and forgiving sin of all humanity, forgiving my sin and forgiving yours. And then, on the third day, that Jesus rose from the dead, defeating death, opening heaven to all who believe. <laughs> and so, with joy in our hearts and celebration on our lips, not just on Easter Sunday, but every day, even on this 24th Sunday after Pentecost, we can shout out, Hallelujah! Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. St. Paul knew that. St. Paul reveled in that. So St. Paul shared that joy and that hope with God's people. Listen again to that epistle reading from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Paul writes, Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. I don't know exactly how many funerals I have conducted here at Chapel of the Cross over the last 18 years, a couple hundred at least. And there is, there's always, as you know, family gathered together, spouses and children, sometimes parents, grandchildren. And there are friends there and coworkers and neighbors they're all, they're all there, gathered together, gathered together to mourn, to cry, to grieve, gathered together for this, this last goodbye. And, and at a time like that, what do you say? I think a lot of people have that question, actually. At, at funerals, at funeral homes, during the visitation, during the wake, what do you say? I mean, you don't want to say the wrong thing, right? The emotions are, are so raw. And so very often we're not quite sure what to do and what, what to say. So what comes out? A nod, a handshake, a hug, that's always good. Maybe we, we say a few nice words that perhaps we've heard other people say, you know, sounds kind of okay. He was such a wonderful person. She will be deeply missed. If there's anything I can do, please let me know. And perhaps the most popular, he's in a better place now. 
And we say those things because we want to offer words of sympathy and words of love to those who mourn, to those who grieve, to those who are hurting. And we, we search for the right thing to say. So we say maybe something we've heard other people say, things that sound okay. And we certainly don't want to be the person at the funeral who says something inappropriate, right? Did you know that there was a person like that in the Bible? There was a guy who said things at funerals that seemed incredibly inappropriate, and he did it all the time. His name is Jesus. I mean, think about it. Jesus walked up to the house of a 12-year-old girl that had recently died. And there is, there's wailing and weeping and mourning. Her parents are a wreck, of course. Family and friends are devastated at the travesty of, of it all. And then Jesus shows up. And what does he say? The girl is not dead. She's just sleeping. And they laughed at him. I mean, what a crazy thing to say, especially at a funeral. No, Jesus, she's not asleep. She's dead. And this is a tragedy here. She was taken far too soon. Don't make light of this. But then Jesus spoke his funeral sermon. Just two words in Aramaic. Talitha kum. Which means, little girl, I tell you, get up. <laughs> and she stood up alive. Or what about the, the widow who was in that funeral procession to the cemetery going there to bury her only son? And here she's leading this, this somber parade, but then Jesus comes and he crashes the funeral. Oh boy, what's he going to say now? This poor woman lost her husband and now she's burying her only son. What is he going to say at a time like this? And true to form, Jesus preached his short and sweet funeral message. Young man, I say to you, get up. And the impossible happens. Scripture says that the dead man sat up and he began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. Death is no match for Jesus. Or how about when Jesus' own friend Lazarus had died? His sisters, Mary and Martha, had sent word to Jesus to come when Lazarus was sick. Well, maybe he could have helped him then, but he didn't come. And now Lazarus was dead, and it had been four days since he passed away. And you know what happens to dead bodies after four days. They start to decompose. They start to decay. They start to stink. But, but Jesus marches up to that tomb and he says, take away the stone. And then Jesus shouts out, Lazarus, come out. And he did just that. When death and decay confront the resurrection and the life, well, we know who's going to win that battle. Death does not stand a chance against Jesus. The dead do not and they cannot stay down when Jesus is calling them to life. This sure hope in the face of death is what the Apostle Paul wanted to share with the church in Thessalonica. Those Christians in, Thess in that Thessalonian church, they had received the gospel from Paul with joy, the scripture says. And Paul commended them for their faith and he, and he shared how he longed to see them again. But the Christians in Thessalonica were confused and their confusion was causing them to be afraid. They were confused about the last day and they were worried about their brothers and sisters, their fellow believers who had already died. Would, would these loved ones who had died in the Lord miss out on Jesus' return simply because they died before he came back? And Paul hears that question and he hears their confusion and he hears their fear and he says, oh, no fear. Your loved one who died in the Lord will not only be there when Jesus comes back, but they will accompany him when he returns. And through faith in Christ, we too will be reunited with them. <laughs> and here's the beautiful word. So we will be with the Lord forever. <laughs> 
what joy, what grace, what love, what celebration that we will be with the Lord forever. And so, Paul says, encourage each other with those words. It's not hard, is it? To encourage one another with with those words. Because those words are beautiful words. We do not grieve, Paul says, like the rest of this world, like those who don't have any hope. No, we believe that Jesus died and he rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. We believe that Jesus died and he rose again. Those words change everything that we know about death. It's like Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, he says, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. I mean, that's enough for us to cry out even on this 24th Sunday after Pentecost. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. And why? Because Christ has killed death. Christ is the death of death. Jesus died and he rose again. Those words change everything. Jesus died and he rose so that his children could sleep, only to be woken up when Jesus returns. So encourage each other with those words. And we need the encouragement don't we? Paul says that we as Christians do not grieve like those in our world who have no hope. But sometimes doesn't it seem like like we have no hope? Living in our our sin-filled world, living really sin-filled lives, living among others, sin-filled people, things can look kind of hopeless. And it really is very, very easy to follow the world's lead in our lives, isn't it? Because what does the world want you to think? What does the devil want you to think? As you hear about scandals and violence and devastation and war, well, there's no hope. Certainly no hope in this God of yours. And as those tragedies hit a little closer to home, Sickness and brokenness and disease and strife and struggles and trouble and death. What hope do you have? The devil and the world would ask. And perhaps, like the Thessalonians, we might think, well, maybe Jesus' words can't be trusted. Did did he really die for me? Did he really rise? And what difference does that make anyway? And, and you know, it seems like everything just keeps on going on and on like it always has. So, so is he really coming back? And with those questions comes that overwhelming feeling of hopelessness. Is it any wonder that St. Paul says to the Thessalonians and he says to you and to me, Jesus died and he rose again. Encourage one another with those words because we do have hope. We have hope in a loving and a living Lord Jesus. We believe that Jesus died and he rose. So that means that your sin has been cast into the depths of the sea. That means that your death has been dealt with and defeated. That means that you will rise again with all of God's people at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That means that you have a hope unlike any others because you, have God, you are God's beloved child. You are washed clean in his blood and you are covered in his righteousness. In fact, because we believe that Jesus died and he rose, we now live our lives with death already behind us. Do you know that? You and I live life with death already behind us. In fact, 
we have already attended our own funeral. <laughs> How is that possible? Well, listen to what Paul says in Romans chapter 6. He says, don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Because of Jesus, we live life with death already behind us. In the waters of baptism, in our baptism, we were buried with Christ and we were raised to newness of life. In the waters of your baptism, you have already attended your own funeral. Death is already behind you. It's been swallowed up in victory and you have heard Jesus preach his sermon over you. Come out, he says. Get up, he says. You are mine, he says. And out you came. And up you are. And his you are. Because the dead do not stay down when Jesus calls you to life. So, what, what do you say at a funeral? <laughs> well, as, as Christians, we can speak with hope, can we not? We can say something more, something different. Something better. Because we can speak the truth of the gospel. That Christ died and he rose again. We can speak the truth of what that means. That the dead in Christ will rise. And we can declare the truth of the hope that we have in Christ amidst death's hopelessness. The joy that he gives amidst death's sadness. The celebration even amidst death's pain. And maybe, maybe we can even declare, even at a funeral, maybe especially at a funeral, hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand with me as we confess together our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. Find that on page 7 in your bulletin. Together we confess. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. And in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets, and I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. For all people of God, Jesus, and for all people according to their needs. You have come, O Lord, as a bearer of hope to a people overcome by disappointment and despair. Build us up in hope that we may trust in you without fear. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, when tragedy or disaster touches our lives, give us courage that we may hope in Christ for today and for all eternity. When sorrow or struggle tempt us to lose heart, 
Give us confidence that your word will not let us down. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, help us to speak with boldness your word of rescue and hope in Christ, that everyone may know with us the joy that sorrow cannot overcome in Christ our Savior. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Protect our people and country, O Lord. Grant wisdom and strength to our President, Joseph Biden, and all others in positions of authority. Grant that all the rulers of the earth seek peace and prevent war and govern with wisdom and love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, look with favor on the suffering, the sick, the infirm, the recovering, and the homebound. We especially remember this day those in need of your healing touch, including Lydia Brown, Tony Johnson, and Carolyn Hanneman as she has now entered hospice care, and all others in need of your healing whom we name before you in our hearts. O oh God, give them and us hope in your coming and the eternal joy that will be ours in your presence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Make your presence known, Lord, to the hungry and those in need, and lead us to supply them with the gifts you have entrusted to us. Receive the tithes and offerings we bring with gratitude and faith in you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, remembering those who love you and served you and now rest from their labors. We pray for the day when finally the church on earth and the church in heaven may be one forevermore. Give the blessings of your comfort, especially to the family and loved ones of A.J. Wade, who died in the Lord on Monday, and to the family and loved ones of Dolores Pope, who died in the Lord this past Saturday. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our veterans, especially on this Veterans Day weekend. O oh God, receive our thanks for those who have served their nation faithfully and loyally. Most of all, we give you thanks for providing protection and safety to the soldiers of past conflicts and wars, and we pray your divine protection on all who currently serve in our armed forces. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O oh Lord, we commend ourselves and for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We continue with our offerings to the Lord. Please be seated.
We stand to sing our offertory together. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who out of love for his fallen creation humbled himself by taking on the form of a servant becoming obedient unto death, even death upon a cross. Risen from the dead, he has freed us from eternal death and given us life everlasting. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us ever to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
We stand. Now may this eating and drinking keep and preserve you in the true faith until life everlasting. Go in the Lord's peace and in his joy. Amen. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same, in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. If you remain standing as together we sing our recessional hymn, Rejoice, Rejoice, Believers. Mm-hmm.